Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the Eagle Hour. Full crew in Laurel and Hattiesburg at the First Bank Studios here in Oak Grove and, of course, in downtown Laurel. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Don't forget, they'll cater your holiday meal. Maybe a little late for Thanksgiving, but Christmas is just a little over a month away. So if you've got some holiday plans and maybe you don't want to spend the holiday doing the cooking, I know that would be my wife, uh, Dickie's Barbecue Pit, Kelly Sander, would be a good place to go or for your christmas party you know if you got Correct. a s- small business you can just uh, put it out there and let everybody enjoy so let dickies do the cooking you sit back you relax you enjoy the holidays full show today patrick mcgee joining us uh, in the last segment some controversy uh, erupting in conference usa and potential uh Western Division Championship seedings. We'll talk to J- uh, Patrick about that later. Jason Forte is a former basketball player from Bay Springs who's done very well in life, and he's going to be on the show here in just a bit. But we want to open the show this afternoon. We are less than 90 days away. <laughs> oh, no. Less than 90 days away from the first baseball game of the season. Uh, of course, renovations underway at Pete Taylor Park, and the schedule for 2020 comes out yesterday afternoon, so we go straight to the source. Our buddy, Coach Scott Berry. Coach, uh, thanks for coming on the show. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Well, happy Thanksgiving to you all. All right, Coach. I, I do want to save a little time to talk about the field, but uh, the uh, the schedule comes out. Uh, five different foes on the schedule that played in the NCAA tournament last year. you got nine games scheduled against tournament teams from last season. Uh, it all kicks off February 14th through 16th. Uh, you're going to play seven straight home games to open the year, and you're going to open against Murray State. I, I guess my first question, Coach, is when you're putting together your schedule every year, obviously the conference schedule is set, but what are the objectives you try to reach in, in uh, establishing your non-conference slate? Well, we try to, the first four weekends are all non-conference weekends, so three of those four we try to uh, get opponents to come to, to Pete Taylor Park, which a lot of times is is not as easy as people think. I know uh, I know one team told us one time that they weren't coming. They did the research, saw the winning percentage, our winning percentage at Pete Taylor Park, and uh, didn't think that was uh, good good for them. But uh, you know, we do try to play uh, those those non conference opponents three of the four at Pete Taylor Park. And, and this particular schedule, the third weekend when we're at McNeese, you know, I got, I got to thank McNeese for that because we were supposed to be at Pensacola. Uh, for that weekend, uh, which we've been there in, in years past. And it's been a great trip for us against really good competition. And uh, back in September, they, they canceled that tournament. So we had to scra- scrounge and, and really scrap around to try to find uh, somebody that would let us in. And at McNeese, who was the regional team last year, uh, obliged us with that and, uh, and let us in. Otherwise, you know, 
at, at that point, schedules are usually done two years in advance, Bob. So mm-hmm. uh, it was it was uh, a blessing that we were even able to get into that one. But, mm-hmm. uh, so the the, uh, the first four weekends obviously are the non-conference weekends, and then we jumped into conference play there with FIU at home. You just broke my heart, Coach. I, I can't tell you how I look forward to going to the Pensacola tournament every year. Uh, is that is that no more? Well, that's no more. They said that uh, they're not doing weekends anymore. Uh, they're interested in weekday games uh, where you go down, which, you know, there was a few years back where we went down and played Florida there on a midweek game. But uh, they're out as far as tournaments on the weekend. So I hate that because that was uh, always a great trip for everybody. Mm-hmm. The Panhandle of Florida has a lot of Southern Miss fans, and it was a good little getaway for our, our fan base here in South Mississippi to to go down there and, and enjoy Pensacola. So, but not doesn't sound like it's going to happen anymore. Coach Barry, going back to Halloween, by the way, you look great in, in a pair of chaps, by the way. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I gave you that clue that day. Yes. Uh, when you, uh, whenever you asked. So I don't, you weren't able to put it together. So no, it ended up wasn't. being uh, an older version of Lane Frost on Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> the, the old bull rider, right? But but I guess as as a coach of uh, of select baseball parents, sometimes you're used to riding a lot of bull. Every... <laughs> I'll tell you what, I feel like every morning I get up, I've rode a bull before. So <laughs> I, when you take a look at you take a look at your schedule, geographically it makes sense that the Sun Belt and the Southland that you're tapping in there, you, you and in the Southland you're playing New Orleans, you're playing Central Arkansas, and you're playing McNeese, some of the better teams in the in the Southland. Yeah, and, you know, that's what we try to do. Of course, with, with baseball, when you have 56 games, uh, which there is another game that is on there at McNeese, we're actually playing four games at, at McNeese instead of three. So we'll play two against McNeese and two against Valparaiso. I would assume there's going to be a doubleheader on that Saturday. Uh, they haven't come up with that schedule yet. But there are times where early in the year that, that teams will put together just a three-teamer, and that's that's what this was. And, and we had to do it to get to get all the games in for everybody to, to, to get their games in. So, uh, but, you know, uh, Little Rock, who is in the Sun Belt, uh, you know, will be on that on that uh, fourth weekend. But, you know, Central Arkansas, a lot, of, a lot of these teams have been regional teams in the past. You know, South Alabama, I don't think has been in a couple of years, but certainly uh, they're not going to be down long. Uh, uh, Southeastern Louisiana has, has always been really good and has held a good RPI. So, you know, we've got some things there that, uh, you know, on paper, maybe it's not the toughest-looking schedule, but I don't think you can go off from last year. Because I can tell you right now, our team is not last year's team. You know, every year is a new challenge. It's a new team. Uh, and, and, and that's the way it is with these guys as well. So uh, I look for, for everybody we play to be very competitive. Uh, I tell people all the time, you know, those those other teams, they give scholarships to Right. You know, they, they've got players that are D1 players, so uh, they practice just like everybody else. And, and we see that every day in, in sports. When you think that it's a, it's a given that somebody's going to beat somebody, it just about the opposite happens a lot of the time. And really early in the year, you get, you'll get you get some snowbirds that come down. But looking at your schedule, Valpo is in that game. Those games are at McNeese. But Valpo is probably the, the team furthest north that you'll play all year. Very southern uh, heavy schedule this year. Right, right. So they're from out of Indiana, uh, from an on-conference. Right. Definitely. You know, in-conference, obviously, we've got Old Dominion and, right. and, uh, and Marshall up there. But 
Um, you know, it's a tough year for us flight-wise. We have five, we have four flights this year, so uh, well, actually three. We're actually going to experiment this year and take a sleeper take sleeper buses to Marshall. So that's something I've never done, and everybody I talk to that has traveled that way absolutely loves it. So it was just mm. too tough. We were going to have to fly into Columbus, Ohio, two and a half hours away from Marshall, and. Uh, I just didn't even want to mess with it, honestly. And we were going to get back in New Orleans after midnight on that Sunday, which put us back here uh, around 3 in the morning. So we're just going to sleeper bus it and try that way of, uh, of travel. Well, Coach, I don't mean to disappoint you, but really all a sleeper bus is is a regular bus with Cincinnati Bengal football repeats on the TV. <laughs> <laughs> That'll put you to sleep, Coach. Yeah, would. <laughs> yeah, all right, Luke, jump in here with Coach Barry. <laughs> Coach, one question on uh, just the schedule, and then we can talk uh, about the field. Uh, Mississippi State, you got them one game. Ole Miss, uh, you got them two games. Is this really the first year that we uh, will not see a three-game series with Mississippi State any longer? Yeah, I don't know if we'll ever see that again. You know, I, I give credit to Andy Canizero for that happening. You know, if that hasn't happened in I don't know how long. You know, we used to play State two midweek, um, a Tuesday, Wednesday, back when Coach Polk was there. Uh, then we would rotate it each year. We'd be in start for the next year for two games. So, uh, you know, I think what made our tr- our schedule so attractive last year, in all honesty, were those three games uh, against Mississippi State here to open with them two years ago and then last year on the second weekend there. So uh, uh, I don't know if we'll, uh, we'll ever see the three games with them again. And let me point out, uh, Coach, that you won four of the six games. Let's be sure we point that out. Four of the last six. Yeah. Games. yeah. Go ahead, Luke. <laughs> Coach. Uh, Coach, about a minute left. Uh, just bring our listeners up to date on on how the Pete's looking. I'll tell you what. It, they are moving way ahead of schedule. Uh, it's been, it, of course, give credit to to them to be able to do the work and and stay on it nonstop. I think they've only missed three days since they started on October 28th. I think two of those being Sundays and one Saturday. Uh, but, you know, the weather's cooperated. That was one variable that we were always worried about that can slow us down. Talking to Tommy Shook, who is uh, who's doing the uh, the sub, subsurface work uh, with Sports uh, Contractors Unlimited, you know, next week it looks good after Thanksgiving. So they're really, honestly, ahead of the game. We hope that we will be on that field. It will be done January 15th. Uh, is is the target date now? It may it may be a little after that, but if we can get the weather, I think we're on schedule for that. All right, Coach, we sure appreciate your time. Want to wish you and your family a happy Thanksgiving. And uh, I am right, Coach. We won four of those six games against Mississippi State. Well, um, <laughs> well, look, you guys have a happy Thanksgiving. All right, Coach. <laughs> happy, okay. happy Thanksgiving to you, Coach Barry. Yeah. We'll be Thank right you. back.
Southern Miss to the top. Welcome back. Glad you're with us this afternoon. Thanksgiving week edition of the Eagle Hour. This segment is sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. A must-to, must-to place, Kelly Sander, for you to go for your Black Friday shopping, Campus Bookmart on Hardy Street. Except they call it Black and Gold Friday. Black and Gold Friday. At Campus Bookmart. And you can shop during Black and Gold Friday no matter where you're listening today, if you're up in other parts of Mississippi listening to us, which we hope you are, uh, you can go to campusbookmart.net. I want to thank Coach Scott Berry. And I'll say it again. They won four out of six games against Mississippi State. Go ahead, Southern. Yeah, I'm going to say it one more time. Four out of six games, Kelly Sander, and that's probably why they don't want to play anymore. All right, Jason Forte uh, was a basketball player for Larry Eustacey out of Bay Springs, Mississippi. And uh, we welcome him to the Eagle Hour. Jason, I guess you probably wish you were with those guys uh, tomorrow at noon when they take the floor against Gonzaga. Man, 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 I want to say thank you. Thank you guys for having me on. Uh, that would be awesome. It's awesome. I would love to go against Gonzaga at 35 years old right now. Now, now Jason, being, you know, you look at Bay Springs, this town in Smith County, and it's produced uh, football greats like Reggie Warnsley and uh, uh, Ricky Bradley. It's, it's produced you in basketball. What, what's in the water in Bay Springs that cranks out these great athletes? Well, let, let me say this to you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to slightly correct you. It's actually Jasper County. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. It's on, the, it's on that Smith County line. Gotcha. So, gotcha. Uh, yeah, it has definitely produced some great athletes, man. Uh, like I said, Re- Reginald Warnsley, uh, Ricky Bradley, myself. Uh, we got, you know, guys that went up to uh, Ole Miss and played uh, uh, Bruce Stevens. And, man, you know, it's just heck, heck of a lot of great athletes, man. I guess it's just a uh, – Guess it's just the the, the the cornbread and the uh, collard greens and the black eyed peas, man. <laughs> and actually, didn't the slinger from Stringer, uh, Heath Graham, wasn't he from Jasper County? Yeah, Heath, Heath is actually Heath and uh, Latrell Pollard, man. They actually from uh, Stringer, man. Stringer is about seven miles, seven miles on Highway 15 going toward Laurel. And uh, yeah, they uh, those Jasper County guys too. Now, Jason, you were a four-year letter winner at uh, at Southern Miss, and then after your career, you went to you play uh, European basketball. Still active in a lot of ways overseas. How does we hear a lot about a lot of guys going overseas to play? That it's not really an easy thing to do, is it? I mean, you don't just call an Italian basketball team and say, "Hey, I'll be there on Monday," right? How does all that happen? Man, it, you know, my my story was kind of a little, you know, kind of a little different. Uh, the good the thing about it is, you know, with myself. Uh, I played two years with Coach James Green, and then I played uh, played a year with uh, well, two years with Larry Eustace. It's just you know coming out of school. I can say my last two years, I actually you know we I was the only lone scholarship senior to graduate from Coach James Green, and uh, you know I did everything I had to do to be on the floor with Coach Eustace, and uh, you know I I had got got real bucked up, and he had me playing out of position, a four and a five man at six foot four, but. You know, I graduated on time, and 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 to be able to be on the floor in the 35 minutes so my senior year, um, I just would do everything it took, and um, I actually took the route to where I went to the CBA, and um, which was the Continental Basketball Association, right. and uh, won the championship. And when they seen me, they said, "Man, you're not a four or five; you're a point guard." So, um, and that's what I did, man, and and won the won the championship, won the rookie of the year. And I uh, got a chance to go over to uh, Germany my first year, well, my second year after coming out of Southern Miss. So it just was, you know, I had a, my resume had to kind of come from the bottom, and uh, and it, it started that way. And actually, the people overseas were the ones that kind of nicknamed you Fortified, 
as in to to strengthen and actually you've kind of taken that to heart because now you 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 not only have your own insurance agency but you travel around talking about physical fitness and uh, wellness all around and and true or false you're probably in better shape at age 35 than you were at 22 or am i stretching it a little bit man you might that that might just be exactly true uh i feel great man i feel great and the older i got the more the more it was just it was important to me about, you know, by taking care of myself and, and being healthy. And uh, I, I had this one thing when I was over in Turkey. I was I had a lot of joint pain and tendonitis and things like that. So uh, I could I start researching what, what, what's causing that. And there was a lot, of, a lot of inflammation in my joints from, like, sugar and things like that. So I uh, really got into, you know, fortifying my career, the longevity, and fortifying my body. But when I – that nickname did actually come from – a team over in the Philippines, and uh, they used to call me Mr. Forte Five. And when I seen what the what Fortify meant to make strong to strengthen, I said, "Oh wow, that's something that's going to stick with me. I love it." Luke, welcome, Jason Forte, to the Eagle Hour. Jason, it's been a long time, man. You used to watch me on the gridiron. I used to watch you uh, on the hardwood. We were at the at the school at the same time, man. What was it like uh, having the transition from Coach Green to to Coach Eustace? I had Coach Bauer all my five years there, but I remember when that happened. And man, every every guy that we've had on, man, just talks about Eustace uh, was really tough early on. And uh, you know, Coach Green, uh, a lot of guys love playing for him. What was it like uh, having the transition between the two? Man, uh, Coach Green was more, I guess you could say, more uh, drill, drill, drill sergeant. Like, uh, you know, we were, when I was there my first two years, we used to get, had to be on the floor Eagle time. And I was like, what is Eagle time? They said we had to be on the floor 10 minutes before practice started. And Eagle time, we, we always had practice at 5 a.m. Nobody had classes before 8. And uh, to be honest with you, uh, the two years with uh, Coach James Green was – was tougher with him than it was Eustacey. Uh Coach Green, you know, he didn't play that man. We would practice three and a half, four hours, and during the during the during the um, off season in the summertime, we would actually uh, lift with the football players. But uh, you know, yep. but we Coach, Coach Funches and Coach Dudley at the time would say no run, no lift. So we had to be out there on that track at you know right before six o'clock and run, and then we'd go right back to the. Uh, to the to field house and, 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 and lift. So, man, it was just – Coach Green was just tough, real, 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 real tough-minded uh, and, uh, you know, really really just like the drill sergeant. And it helped me throughout my career with, with the toughness of I still now get up early like that and train and work out and, uh, and everything. You, you say she had his mentality where it was really, really, being honest with you, really didn't – get the chance to really know you Stacy because he really wasn't you know a lot of a lot of guys I'm sure uh you know people around people around the school that knows coach uh that kind of knew coach I got a chance to be around coach you Stacy he really wasn't vocal so uh, just both of those guys was tough hard nosed coach Jason uh, Kelly just showed me a picture of you uh with a big rope around your neck and your shirt off and uh you're a beast <laughs> <laughs> Brother, you look like to me you could go play in the National Football League today. Man, I, I get that all the time. Let me tell you one of my the craziest things I get from children and and you know uh, with my insurance agents, a lot of my clients and stuff they they call me the Rock, man. I said I that's something that, that they they say I resemble the guy. So 
He does. Now, about yeah, six he does. Four, six, four and a half. You do. Yeah, you do. But, yeah, I get I, I get it all the time, man. I'm about 230, about two, 237, 238. My playing weight was always about 226. But, you know, I'm about a little 10 pounds, 10, 11 pounds muscular. Not real lean, but, you know, I, I, I just, I guess you could say that comes with the old man age. Well, you, you were you were talking about the inflammation in your joints. I've got inflammation in my stomach, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> he looks nothing like you, Jason. Nothing. <laughs> but actually, you can you can use uh, obviously the shape that you're in and what you're doing to stay to and and you encourage other people, you know, to ad- adopt that lifestyle and to to uh, you can't stop the aging process, but you can sure enhance it. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely can, man. You definitely can. It's just certain different. I call it. You can't change something. You can't drastically change, but you can drastically change something. And you know that could be something with how you eat and things of that nature. I, I actually back in May, uh, I was at I was at at the school, and uh, we were sitting in uh, me and uh, uh, I can't. Remember, I think his name is was Tyler. Uh, that's over the sports for WDAM. And they were doing an actual... Um, yeah, ta- ta- Taylor Correct. yeah. Taylor, Taylor, yeah. Taylor. And we were doing an actual story on... Uh, they were doing a story on my career and things like that. And uh, I had recently went out to the Big Three, the Ice Cube, three-on-three basketball league. And uh, we had the only team... You know, I mean, the crazy thing about it is me being recently retired over two years, but I uh, always kept myself in shape. I actually took eight weeks and got back in ridiculous basketball shape. And um, the first two weeks, I was uh, I was having little nicks and knacks where I was really, you know, I started back really running and jumping like crazy, um, getting my back myself back in the good basketball shape. And uh, after the first two weeks, I was like, man, maybe maybe a father time's kind of with me. But it just was my body adjusting mm. to death, those type of movements and hip movements and things again. And uh, went out to the big three. Three on three professional basketball league, where a lot of former NBA guys and destroyed the camp. Had the only team that went undefeated. It was myself. It was Clay Thompson's brother, Michael Thompson. Uh, we had another guy named Jason Sasser. That he's about forty-five, but he just was out there having a good time, but still in great shape and playing well. Uh, went to Texas Tech, actually got drafted, and then uh, another guy named Zach Andrews that went to Bradley, that won the W. Uh, I'm sorry, the D League dunk contest a few years back. Would, and, would, uh, would, I mean, Jason, well, yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say, would you have to wish you a happy Thanksgiving, man, and uh, and thank you for joining us on the program. Continued success, and thanks for your contributions to the Golden Eagles. And we'll talk to you again soon. How about that? Sounds, sounds great, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you, Jason. Happy Thanksgiving. Eagle Hour continues. Patrick McGee with some disturbing news next. Let me talk. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Back on a Tuesday. Glad to uh, have you joining us. Appreciate Coach Barry and Jason Forte for stopping by and joining us on the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty, Luke Johnson, Kelly Sander from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. 
Uh, some some craziness coming out of Conference USA today. Uh, Eagles, as of Sunday and even yesterday, were posed uh, to win the West, and they would they would win a tiebreaker with Louisiana Tech and UAB, even if all three teams won or lost. But there's some changing, interesting developments that have a lot of us just kind of really frustrated and, uh, more importantly, just kind of scratching our heads. So let's go down to the, to the Bluxy Sun-Herald's Patrick McGee on the uh, Gulf Coast. Professor, fill us in on a wild Tuesday afternoon. Well, uh, it was yesterday I was kind of, you know, looking at the conference's release on how the tiebreaker was going to shake out. I had tried to kind of get a better understanding of it last week, but it, it was kind of confusing and I didn't have a great grasp. So I was kind of grateful that the conference kind of laid that out. And uh, they sent out Sunday. I didn't see it until Monday whenever I was at the weekly press conference. And it said that in the event that all three teams win, uh, Southern Miss would advance to the conference title game uh, uh, just based on the fact that they would have been the team that had last, you know, that it had been the longest since they had been to the conference championship game. Uh, Both UAB and Tech have been there uh, since that 2015 trip to the conference championship. So, I mean, I found that tiebreaker a little odd, but I was like, well, it is what it is. You know, that's the way it sits up. And, uh, and, and I had even, uh, sent an email to the, you know, to the, uh, Conference USA office to make sure that, that, that tiebreaker was still in effect if all three teams had lost. And he said, yeah, that was, that was the case. And so I kind of went about my business and I think it was late yesterday evening. Some people noticed that the, uh, tiebreaker had changed on the Conference USA website. And, uh, you know, I was, <laughs> I, it was, you know, I, I didn't realize it until this morning until people started asking questions on Twitter. And sure enough, uh, the same place where they had described that tiebreaker a day ago had changed. And it's now a situation where they're going to average out these various computer ratings and whichever team is ranked highest in that average rating. Uh, would be the team that would advance to the conference title game in the event of a tie, three-way tie. So I was, you know, I was as surprised, surprised as anybody. Uh, I've tried to reach out to the conference and haven't got any response to them. Uh, you know, I think Southern Miss was caught off guard by this as well. I don't have great explanation on why they changed it. Uh, nobody said anything. The conference didn't really acknowledge that they had changed the tiebreaker. Uh, they just changed it on the website. So uh, it's 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 pretty odd. You cannot change the rules in the middle of the of the stream. I mean, right. what in the world is going on here in a conference I, in a conference that is struggling to find its identity and, and struggling to find legitimacy? You change the rules one week prior to the end of the regular season. What in yeah, the world? Yeah, uh, after they had just made it all public. I mean, no, I don't think anybody really had a great idea that that tiebreaker number eight that they had, uh, initially called it would come into effect. I don't know. I mean, Russ Anderson was one that sent out the release, and I, I, I'm pretty confident that Russ Anderson wasn't the one that changed this. It was probably uh, somebody up above him. Uh, maybe there was some type of agreement that they voted on as a conference here uh, this past year, and it just wasn't relayed throughout the league office. And then, you know, it came down to Tuesday or Monday night, and they realized they had the wrong tiebreaker. I don't know. I, I, I mean, I would love to have an explanation. I don't. I don't understand why they did this. Does anybody know if that were to be the the scenario today? Which of the three schools would get the would get the spot under the new rules? It, La Tech would. It would La be. Tech. Yeah, it would be Louisiana Tech. When you average them out, 
Uh, Louisiana Tech has an average rating of like 71.6. Southern Miss is at 74 in those five or six different polls that Patrick has laid out on his on his on his article. Patrick, um, is there you know is there any uh, if and we're all and I should note this uh, Eagle Hour along probably with you, Patrick, and I guess several other entities. We put in an official request uh, to get an explanation for that. I mean, Patrick, if if that goes through, and I mean, is, is it whose responsibility is it to you know, basic demand an explanation from Conference USA. Does, does, is that something the school can do before Saturday? No, no. I mean, I, the, it's it's really not on the school. I mean, whenever I called, you know, the uh, uh, the media relations office over there at USM, I mean, they were just kind of they they didn't have an answer for. They said, you know, you need to call Russ Anderson. So this was this was something I think where they were obviously caught off guard. Uh, so I, I mean, it's it's really not on the university because obviously it wasn't uh, really properly conveyed to, to the USM from the outset. So it's up to Conference USA to really clear this up. And like I said, they didn't even acknowledge that they changed it. They just changed it on the website. Uh, and then you know, some people started to notice it. So uh, yeah, I, it, it's going to be up to the conference. But up to this point, all we've gotten is silence. So Patrick, am I right? Under that scenario, the only way Southern Miss could conceivably win the West would be to beat Florida Atlantic and Louisiana Tech be upset at home by Texas San Antonio. Yeah, I mean, that would obviously be the most clear. I mean, there's a chance that Southern Miss's ratings could go up, you know, a fairly significant tick because you're winning on the road at FAU, uh, a team that's won eight ball games. Uh, there is that potential where Southern Miss could, could maybe – uh, go above tech, but that that would be that, that would be kind of a challenge. But that would only be in case of a tie, though. If Tech won and Southern right. Miss lost, that's moot. It's over. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, a Tech win, you know, requires Southern Miss. Uh, you know, I mean, that pretty. If Tech wins, it's pretty much over. But right. there is yeah. that outside shot to where their computer ratings would. So, Patrick, up. if Southern Miss and Tech lost. And UAB won, they would win the West. UAB well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, well, yeah, UAB would be clearly number one because they would have the best record. Bottom line is, I mean, Eagles a, need to win or it doesn't matter. Yeah, but it's a shame. Yeah. I mean, it's a shame that we have to be sitting here talking about this. You should have beat Western Kentucky. But, I mean, right. it really is. You feel like if, you, if you're a member of Conference USA right now, you're like, what in the world is going on? And I, I'm, I'm sure that you know UAB feels the same way also. And if you're in Louisiana Tech, you're you're jumping. For, I guess my question, my earlier question, Patrick, is I know it's not the issue with the school, but I mean, if the conference does something like this, and say you do your job Saturday and you still get left out of the conference, is there any recourse, you know, that the the school can do or the athletic department can do going into Friday, basically saying like, you've got to give us an explanation for. You know what is going on here, and so I mean, if if everybody stays silent in the off season, is there any recourse? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's uh, I mean, I, I you know I, I'm sure Jeremy McLean is is trying to figure this all out himself. I've tried to put in a call. I went straight to voicemail. I haven't talked to him. Uh, and I, uh, Jack Duggan said he doesn't expect any official re- uh, statement today out of the university. So I think right now USM is trying to get their heads you know wrapped around it. And, uh, I, I don't. I'm not sure when they found out. Uh, maybe it was last night with everybody else, or maybe it was this morning. So right now, I'd, I'd like to have kind of a you know explanation on all this. But right now, as we just know the basics is that uh, the the, the tiebreaker tiebreaker rules were changed probably about eight or nine, eight or nine o'clock last night. In the words of Bill Sander, the late Bill Sander, my father, 
this stinks to high heaven. I mean, it, it absolutely stinks to high heaven. I mean, even in something as unofficial as fantasy football, every fantasy football league has their rules that are voted upon before the first game is even played. If you make any changes of the rules during the regular season, they go into effect the next year, not the next week. And the whole fact, if this holds true, we're at 8 o'clock one night, it's one rule, and at 9 o'clock the next night, going into the last week of the season, as Ricky Ricardo used to say, somebody's got some splaining to do. Well, Patrick, I think if you hadn't broken this, we might go right into Saturday not realizing this was the case. Well, it is, I mean, there was a lot, fair amount of chatter on, on social media, uh, and especially on Twitter. Uh, in the, it's, I think the Louisiana Tech camp was really complaining whenever the uh, the uh, rule came out that it would be the you know the the team that had been in the title game last. They were really complaining, and they'd actually suggested this uh, uh, averaging out a power rating. Yeah, because they'd come uh, out number one. Right. Well, I know, but that's what I'm saying is there's a, a popular uh, tech uh, fan blog or whatever that suggested this very thing, and next thing you know, it is. <laughs> and I remember that I saw one t- tweet where the fan blog was saying, well, maybe, what else should I have requested? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But, but again, in, in a conference that is struggling for identity and legitimacy, and, and people have used the term laughing stock, you know, on social media for Conference USA, who really has an image problem. And then to pull something like this is outrageous. And I don't care. We've got skin in the game. But if, but if even if we were broadcasters for UTSA or Rice, I'd be saying this uh, is not right. Well, Russ Anderson is scheduled to be on the show tomorrow. We'll see if, oh. that, uh, if that happens. And uh, we'll keep you in the loop, Patrick, if, if he is, in fact, on the show. And uh, yeah, I may want to like reach that. back and, and talk to you some more tomorrow if you're cool with that. Yeah, yeah, it'd be fine. I'll have to tune in for that interview. I'd like to hear it. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll let you know for sure when I know he's, okay. he's totally committed to coming on. And we'll be back in touch with you about this, Pat. All right, thank you. All right, Patrick McGee, our go-to guy on the Gulf Coast, and here's another reason why. Patrick's on top of it. Whether he's committed to doing the interview tomorrow with all these rule changes, they may have to commit Russ Anderson to the Ha Ha Hotel by the end of the day. All right, we're going to wrap things up when we come back. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Fourth segment, the Eagle Hour, brought to us every day by Gulfport Home Center, located on Highway 49 in Gulfport or online, GulfportHomeCenter.ms. More room for you, more room for your family. Check out our friends at Gulfport Home Center, and we appreciate their sponsorship of the Eagle Hour. Southern Miss. Junior quarterback Jack Abraham named the Connerly Trophy finalist for Southern Miss. Three finalists named Kylan Hill of Mississippi State and freshman quarterback John Rice Plumley from Ole Miss. They, uh, that ceremony will be held next 
Tuesday, December 3rd, at the Country Club at Jackson, starting at 5.30. So uh, wish Jack all the best. And uh, reports, guys, are that um, his injury may not be as bad as uh, we initially thought it was. And depending on what he does today and tomorrow, uh, there might be a pretty good chance he might play this weekend. So that's always good uh, Mm -hmm. to to hear that. So um, I'm still just, you know, we were... We were just going at it in uh, in the break, but I am still just uh, astonished, and we can get off this and move to something else. But there there has to be some like recourse against your conference because if you make a if you make a change like that, you would think like athletic directors would be involved in that, and if they just did something de facto, I get Patrick's point. If they didn't update it or whatever, but you when you do that, you send that out with a press release. Nothing's come right. out yet. No. Let me go back real quick to the Connolly Awards. I, I think the kids from every other school in the state are on that site today too, from Millsaps and Delta State and Alcorn and Jackson State, because I went over there earlier and voted. Uh, and and I'll just say this: uh, Abraham's stats are good. There's a kid from State I think's leading the SEC uh, in rushing, so he's qualified. But if a freshman quarterback from a sub-500 team wins the Connerly Award this year, they should quit having the award. That's ridiculous. And Southern Miss hasn't, would you say Lee Roberts? Not Lee Roberts. Uh, Jeff Kelly? No. Austin Davis. Austin Davis. Austin Davis. We've had great quarterbacks over the, year. yeah, Austin, over the years. Austin Davis was the last to win it in 2008. And good news along the Southern Miss football front, our buddy Picasso Nelson has been signed to the Indianapolis Colts practice squad. So Picasso, who prepped at Oak Grove High School, who is playing for the 6A South State Championship Friday night over at Peddle in a game that you can hear on our Hattiesburg affiliate. Uh, congratulations to Picasso Nelson, now a member of the Indianapolis Colts practice squad. Now, I know you two boys love the New England Patriots, and I know you're big fans of Tom Brady, but I'm going to tell both of you something to brace yourself for. I think last night, for the first time in a long time, I watched an NFL team that could go to New England in January and beat the Patriots for the AFC Championship. They've already done it this year Did once. you guys see the Baltimore Ravens last night? I did. Luke? Lamar Jackson is legit, especially when he has blocking in front of him. Even wow. if he doesn't, he still can make people miss. Wow. And I would love to – well, you know, I wouldn't care if it was the charge. I don't care who it is, just anybody but the Patriots. Well, this team could do it. Yeah, I think so. And, and, and really, the Patriots offensively – are not great. No. You know, and the old man is finally starting to show some wear and tear. You know, a little Tom, bit, a yeah, little bit, Tom think, Brady's yeah. no longer a premier quarterback, but their defense is so good. But the Ravens have already beaten the Patriots once. And the as Ravens, we talk, the Ravens. Yeah, most of the quality is in the NFC. I think we all agree this year. But yeah, I think without, without a doubt, the two best teams, head and shoulders, the best in the AFC are Baltimore and, uh, and New England. Yeah, no question. All right, look, I didn't, I didn't mean to sidetrack you, but you're right. You're right. Uh, this is just another another thing that makes Conference USA look like a subpar conference. And, and using the hypothetical that you talked about, if they changed it last year but didn't update the handbook or whatever, right. legally you have to live with what was in well, print. Even if that happened, what does that say about the conference? And, and I would, the first question I would ask, all right, is, if, Bob, if you were contemplating a change at Super Talk, a pretty drastic change, I know you well enough to the first question you would ask is, is this legal? 
Right. Can we legally do this? And right. I just don't know how you, how you can. I have to be very careful of that because of my probation and all that. Well, you're exactly and, and, but you, you're, exactly. you're rocking the ankle bracelet. It looks good, yeah, by the way. That's not good. Yeah, though. but I'm just saying, you can't do this without you know, just arbitrarily make a decision like that. What would your old coach have said, Luke Johnson? What would Jeff Bauer have said if they'd have pulled this on him? Um. They wouldn't have pulled it on him. Just put it that way. And <laughs> I mean, when, when I played, I mean, I'm being for real. Our Browse is at Houston, okay? You know, th- there's other coaches out there at different places. Th- they wouldn't have. Uh, number one, number one, the coaches when I played in Conference USA wouldn't have allowed the bull from the central office a- as they've had. They wouldn't have put up with it. You know, and so I mean, we're. I'm being honest. Russ is on tomorrow. He's been a friend of the show. And I feel like it may have been what Patrick said, too. I feel like, you know, Russ Anderson, it's going to lie at his feet, but he's not the one that really he made that decision. He didn't make that decision. That decision. No. Russ Anderson didn't make that decision. That would be Judy McLeod. Would be but it goes, it goes back to, you know, Judy McLeod, the one only good thing that's ever been done is this NFL Network deal. Right, and I mean, and here's the thing: if I if I'm an athletic director of any school, because I mean, after all, you're in this thing together, and if if Rice is looking at Southern Miss or anybody else is looking at somebody's going to get messed over in this deal, you band together, and the athletic directors come together, and you fire Judy McLeod. That's the only right. thing that should happen if they're going to pull a, a fast one on on school. All right. Well, Russ Anderson is scheduled to be on the show tomorrow. This was scheduled before all this broke. Keyword scheduled. So uh, we hope that <laughs> Russ will join us. He has been a friend. Yeah, of the he show, has. And, uh, and uh, we'll certainly treat him respectfully if he comes on. So tune in tomorrow, and let's see what Conference USA says about this last-minute change. Back tomorrow at 1 o'clock, last show before Thanksgiving. Until then, my friends, Southern Miss. To the top. To the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.